This podcast contains strong language and graphic depictions of criminal offenses. Listener discretion is advised. Today's going to be a good one, everyone. (laughs) We're in a mood. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode. If you're enjoying this podcast, please leave us a five-star review on your favorite listening platform and share us with your friends. Now, let's get on with our cast introductions and jump right into the case. This is David. I'm Josiah. I'm Hannah. I'm Sarah. I'm Nathan. And I'm your host, Tanner Azanero, a.k.a. The Odd One. send you a picture right off the bat. Some of you may know this case. Man, I don't know how to read. (laughs) It's just a picture. You don't need to know how to read. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can't see. (laughs) Illiterate people are just like, I don't see anything. Okay, all right. That's the only picture I'm going to be sending you this case. It's a good looking house. Some of you might know about this case, actually. Kind of looks haunted, though. Some of you might know about this case. Let's jump right into it. Westfield, New Jersey. Oh, nothing good ever happens in New Jersey. (laughs) Bad things happen in New Jersey. Westfield, New Jersey, 2014. Derek and Maria Bradis had just signed the deal on a beautiful six-bedroom home for them and their three young children, who at the time were five, eight, and ten years old. Maria Bradis grew up in Westfield, and this new home at 657 Boulevard was not far from her childhood home. Derek worked for an insurance company and had kept his head down and done good work to get himself promoted and into a position where the family could afford this $1.3 million home. The Bradises were a picturesque example of the American dream, but then one night... Before the family had moved in to the new home, and while renovations were still being made, Derek checked the mailbox. There was a white greeting card-shaped envelope with thick, blocky, handwritten letters on the front that read, To the new owner. Inside the envelope was a typed letter. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 call to you with its force from within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades, and now as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s and my father in the 1960s. It is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. The letter then seemed to reference the renovations that the Braddis family had been making to the home. It continued. I see that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk tisk tisk, bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. 
Probably the scariest evidence that whoever wrote this letter had been watching the family was when they mentioned the Braddis children. They had been over at the home a few days before, playing in their new backyard with other neighborhood children, while Derek and Maria chatted with new neighbors. The letter continued, You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? Do you need to fill the house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Rather than a return address, the stranger emphasizes their anonymity and leaves the Braddis family with a sort of nickname, implying that this will not be the last letter. Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, friends. Welcome. Signed, The Watcher. Hell, <laughs> okay. no. This is... Super creepy because it's real life, but that would be like amazing movie content. But it's, it's terrifying. It sounds like it's straight out of movie. I, it's would you out, ever like, sleep? Would no. you ever sleep? I would never sleep. Ever. I, n- no. I. I would simply move with the name Watcher. The Watcher. Like how you can't sleep because it's just like there's a person watching. Like how do like, you how do you ever open like your windows or your blinds? Exactly, I was going to say somebody's like, like probably peering into them. I'm one of those people where like peer back, like the, the window right there. I'm always thinking like, oh, there's somebody just like outside the window. Tanner, just, like, can you actually lock the door us. behind you? But also, this seems somewhat irrelevant. But I was just asking Josiah this: six five seven Boulevard. Is Boulevard the name of the street? And if so, is it Boulevard Boulevard? Is it Boulevard Street? Is it no, Boulevard it's just Street? Boulevard. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's just... Boulevard, let's be honest. I think honest. it's just Why the street. Why 657 Boulevard? 657 isn't the name of the street. No, Boulevard... Oh. Boulevard. I realize this is irrelevant, but I Boulevard just is not going to sound like a word by the end of this episode. Boulevard, <laughs> Boulevard, Boulevard. Boulevard. I remember one time when I was a kid, I used to sit on the toilet, and one day I was looking over at the toilet paper. <laughs> I had IBS. One day I was sitting, I was sitting, and I, I remember clearly just going toilet paper, toilet paper. Toilet paper. <laughs> like 15 minutes later, I was like, Twilight paper. <laughs> and I was like, this is no longer yeah, a word. There is, on 657 Boulevard, there is nothing to signify what it is. Everything around it has Street Ave. It just says Boulevard. I was going to say, it's just. 657 Boulevard? I'm pretty Maybe sure it's, it's an old ass neighborhood. I was about to say, I was like, it sounds old time. So does New Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like super old, and they, yeah. it's just a boulevard, and they put a number on it. New Jersey makes like no it's sense. an ass neighborhood, old ass neighborhood. Yes. Anyway, at this point, thank you. When, wait, wait, hold up though. The house, when you're looking at the house, the three windows above the porch, on like the not center of the house, the same direction. Well, I just it looks like one just like fell over. <laughs> it, does. it really does. <laughs> right. All right. <laughs> Link in the description for our website to see it the picture and the fallen and, like, window for yourself. Over. At this point, 
When Derek read the letter, it was 10 p.m., and he was at the house alone. Oh, God. Frantic, he ran through the home, checking for an intruder, turning off every light so no one could see inside, and he called the police. One officer came out, read the letter, and inquired about Derek having any enemies or anyone who might want to threaten or scare him. Derek replied no, and with nothing else to be done, he returned to his wife and children in their current home, elsewhere in Westfield. Derek and Maria emailed John and Andrea Woods, the couple who had sold them the home. They wanted to know if the Woods family knew anything about the Watcher, and if so, why they hadn't mentioned it. One line in the Watcher's letter was, I asked the Woods to bring me young blood, and it looks like they listened. The Woods family replied, and they had received a letter from the Watcher. However, they received it only a few days before they moved out, and in the 23 years that they had lived there, it was the only letter they ever received. They said that the letter very similarly mentioned the Watcher, and that he had been keeping an eye on the house and their family, as his own family had done. But the Woods threw out the letter without much thought. Maria Bradis and the Woods couple... I'm went- sorry, they just threw it out without thinking about it they were just like we've lived here for forever this seems like some weird dumb prank who cares maria bradis and the woods couple went to the police the next morning where detective leonard lugo told them not to mention the letters to any of the bradis's new neighbors who had now become suspects two weeks passed Derek canceled a work trip maria when at the house with the children would call out their names if they wandered out of her sight anxiety was high in the bradis family Then, the second letter. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. The workers have been busy, and I have been watching you unload carfuls of your personal belongings. The dumpster is a nice touch. Have they found what is in the walls yet? In time, they will. The watcher then stated the birth order of each child, matching them to their nicknames, showing that... He'd been paying attention and listening when Maria would call out her children's names whenever they went out of her sight. I am pleased to know your names now and the name of the young blood you have brought to me. You certainly say their names often. This is fucking creepy. I will never say my child's name. (laughs) (laughs) Ever, not once. You said this was 2014? Mm Mm-hmm. In reference to one of the children in particular whom the Watcher had seen painting on an easel in the enclosed front porch, the Watcher asked, is she the artist in the family? The letter continued, 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all of the secrets it holds yet? Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and kindly sold it when I asked them to. 
I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Braddis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought the past three families to 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. I'm literally sitting here with my mouth open. Oh. Like, wait. Greed? Why? Yeah. Why greed? Because of the six bedrooms? Just because it's a big house? It's a big, nice house, yeah. But how is that greedy? They have a lot of kids. How many kids do they have? Three? Three. Well, that's why he was saying, is it, that's why he was saying, is it to fill with more kids? Like, are you, are you expecting some? All I'm saying is this is (laughs) like, like this is just sounds like you're reading a movie script or something. This is ridiculous. (laughs) It's, uh, it's important to note. I can't remember if I do it in the script later, but it's important to note. He calls them by their last name. He calls all the kids by their first names. And then he says, Brad is family. And their name is, is spelled B R. O-A-D-D-U-S, but it's pronounced Braddus. In his letter, he spells it B-R-A-D-D-U-S. Kind of like, he spells it more like how it sounds. It. Yeah. yeah, but he like definitely Brodus. heard their names. This makes um, me feel like, yeah, you could be in a car passing by or you could be a like a passers-by, something like that. But like, for him to get all that information, I feel like he's in a house across the street. And this is within like two weeks of the first letter. And the Woods family before them, they just like listened to this guy and was like, were like, okay, yeah, we're. They the said house. they've never had a watcher letter, and they don't know who this person is. Other than the one so that he's came a liar. Like right before they meet, they moved. Yes, yeah. Other than the one they got right before the Braddis family moved in, the Woods have never gotten a watcher letter before that, and they are saying that the watcher being in contact with them is total bullshit. We're. The Woods family, like older, like an older couple. I don't know because I mean, if they didn't have any young blood, like why would the Watcher? If that's the Watcher's after, as it seems, it's a one point three million dollar house, so I would imagine they're older. And also, yeah. I would probably say that they maybe have kids going off to college or something like that. Yeah, that was that's what I mean. It's a big house, downsizing. Yeah, it's a big house, and they're older. So yeah, you're right. Prob- that would be my guess. But, but they're I'm probably not, not sure. like senior citizens, you know. As soon as he wrote in the letter that all of the windows in the house give him the ability to watch every move they're doing, I would immediately buy blackout curtains for literally every window in or, that house. Or, or, or you just don't move into this house because why? <laughs> or a shotgun. <laughs> That's a good point, too. Yeah, at this point, I... The thing is, though, it's like they signed... I'm sure they they did everything they the had to do. The deal's done. Yeah, like they have this house. It's a $1.3 million home that Turning is now Turning this house Sell around... <laughs> Would be so it'd be so irritating. I can see like the troubles, but also your life is at And they're stake. already renovating it. Like they're already sinking like hundreds of thousands of dollars into renovations and everything. So uh, well I wonder too, like I mean, I guess we haven't gotten to this yet, but he keeps talking about like things in the walls and stuff like that. Like I wonder if the renovation the person is like worried about that. Or wants them to find it because if they're like busting out walls and stuff like that, did it? Yeah, they weren't really busting out walls. I don't think. I think it was a lot of, um, you know, what I'm not exactly sure what the renovation was. I feel like renovations in any capacity, like you find things about the house, you're like, oh, didn't know that was there unless I like went into this thing. But also, like, 
How so he said like about the walls, like finding stuff in the walls. Was there a point in time where the house was vacant, like completely? Or I'm also unsure of that. Okay, so like like I Okay. Interesting. Uh, all I know is that the woods lived there for quite some time. Oh, 23 years. The woods lived there for 23 years. And time. then uh, the Braddis family moved in. Before the woods, I don't know. Okay. I'm uncertain. Because this whole step in the walls thing is starting to sound a lot like the haunting of Hill House. It is kind of Hill House-esque. <laughs> yeah. It's also I interesting because like, looking show. at the house and the area around the house... There's a lot of wooded areas near the house that someone could easily be watching from. That's a we'll we'll get to that in a minute. Um, I had a feeling that's yeah. it's just way too easy to see from these areas well, into yeah. the house. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. When the Braddis family stopped bringing their children to the home after this letter, a third letter arrived weeks later. This one asking, "Where have you gone to? Six Five Seven Boulevard is missing you." The Braddis family began to theorize. Maybe it was a jealous buyer who lost out on purchasing 657 Boulevard for themselves. The Woods family said that one interested buyer backed out after some medical complications and another decided upon a different home. None of their potential buyers were beaten out by the Braddis family. Another theory was one of the neighbors. To quote an article by Reeves Weidman featured in The Cut, quote, the letters did indicate proximity. They had been processed in Kearney, the U.S. Postal Service's distribution center in northern New Jersey. The first was postmarked June 4th, before the sale was public. The Woodses had never put up a for sale sign, and only a day after the contractors arrived. The renovations were mostly interior, and people who lived nearby say they didn't notice an unusual commotion, even from the jackhammering in the basement. When Derek and Maria walked Detective Lugo around the house, they showed him that the easel on the porch was hidden from the street by vegetation, making it difficult to see unless someone was behind the house or right next door. I don't like this. Hmm? I said I don't like this. Oh, I, I don't either. This is horrible. And who... Maybe the watcher's a bird. Okay, let's move okay. Well, I was going <laughs> to keep reading, but now no. Sarah, let's go with the bird theory. I'm sure all of our listeners would love to hear about this bird. Think about it, guys. What kind of bird? Uh, I, I, don't make sense. I, I've thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've, I've thought all I can about this. Oh, okay. Um, uh, birds are real. Birds are real. And who oh, lived right next anyway. door? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Just everyone. Head uh, to our store where you can buy our birds aren't real. <laughs> it's, Don't, a, no. it's, a, it's a quote shirt no. and it says, Stop. it says Sarah. Stop. <laughs> it's Sarah's quote shirt. I'm going to get Instagram ads for birds aren't real again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm really upset because I get ads for them and I hate it. I, awesome. saw, I saw one charging on a telephone wire today. So. <laughs> I, all right. Sarah. Okay, I'm continuing. (laughs) Please do. And who lived right next door? The Langford family. They were a strange group. 90-year-old Perry Langford headed the home, which she shared with some of their adult children who were in their 60s. No. Oh, hell no. No. Okay, my parents... Get your ass out that house and get a job. My parents, like... They had an apartment for my grandmother, but like my parents owned the home. This is like the family still living together as that's, as that's more than fully honestly, grown adults. Is 
is like so common in other countries, but like it's not single ninety a ninety year old mother and sixty year old children. What I'm saying is like they're like multi generation households, so that's that is normal in a lot of other countries. Yeah. But maybe they're all adult babies. <laughs> Sarah's really hitting it out of the park today. Yeah. No, no, you don't Sarah, know. <laughs> Sarah, you no. ruined the rest of the episode. You solved it. It was the adult babies. We're the, the watchers. No, okay. the adult they're babies the birds. The the they're the, the young blood, Sarah. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. I'm going to stop with my theories now. Just continue. One you. of the children, <laughs> Michael. Michael Langford was described to Derek Bradis by a neighbor as kind of a Boo Radley character. After learning about this family, Derek Bradis thought he had solved it. The Langford house was right next door, positioned perfectly to see where the easel had been on the enclosed porch. They lived there since the 1960s, and 12 years prior, the patriarch of the home, Richard Langford, passed away, which perfectly lines up with what the watcher was saying when he said he'd taken over his father's role for about two decades. Michael was brought in and questioned by police, but denied knowing anything about the letters as well as having any involvement. Detectives told the Bradis family, however, that the narrative of what he said matched things mentioned in the letters. Outside of that, however, there wasn't enough evidence to arrest anyone. Police eventually told the Bradis family that unless a confession was made, there wasn't anything more they could do for them. Frustrated, the Bradis family took matters into their own hands. Derek, yeah, yeah. in particular. Love it when they do that. He became obsessed with solving the case. Yes. He set up cameras all over the home, stayed up all night watching for the watcher, developed maps of sight lines and approximate range of earshot Yo, to 657 Boulevard. This is totally me. In this addition me. to this, he employed... A private investigator worked Hell with yeah. former FBI agent Patricia Kirby, who was the inspiration behind Patricia. Clary Starling's character in Silence of the Lambs. That's, oh, that's awesome. Sick. And that's another sick. former FBI agent named Robert Lenahan. Police brought in the Langford family a few more times for questioning, and the Bradises even hired a lawyer who laid out all the evidence to the Langford family and... <clears throat> Uh, essentially, they laid out all the evidence and tried to be like, look, it looks like it's you guys. Fucking, is it you guys? Um, <laughs> that's exactly how it was, yeah. That is a true legal uh, trap. Uh, the Langford family uh, denied it. Uh, it. The meeting really didn't lead anywhere. Okay, so no, this is really, totally me, though. Like, I would have sight lines and, like, drawings and maps and, like... He got scientific with it. Dude, I would loaded. be, too. We'll get to that. Plot twist, he becomes the watcher. We'll get to that. Oh? No evidence. Not Ooh. no, no. Oh. No, but like. <laughs> he was the watcher the no, whole time. I'm trying no, to watch for the, the watcher. No, but I'll mention something that'll make you be like, oh. No evidence led to the Langford family. No other evidence pointed to anyone at all. The Braddis family was at a loss, preparing to move into a home where they couldn't feel safe, where their children were being particularly targeted. Renovations continued, and so did the letters. 657 Boulevard is turning on me. It is coming after me. I don't understand why. What spell did you cast on it? 
It used to be my friend, and now it is my enemy. I am in charge of 657 Boulevard. It is not in charge of me. I will fend off its bad things and wait for it to become good again. It will not punish me. I will rise again. I will be patient and wait for this to pass and for you to bring the young blood back to me. 657 Boulevard needs young blood. It needs you. Come back. Let the young blood play again like I once did. Let the young blood sleep in 657 Boulevard. Stop changing it and let it alone. Eventually, the family had to accept defeat and put the house on the market. Derek Braddis hardly slept. Maria was told by her therapist that the watcher letters and anxiety was causing her to have PTSD. At first, the Braddis family listed the house for more than they had bought it for, considering all the renovations that they had completed. However, by this point, the watcher story was all over the internet. So nobody wanted the house. And real estate business is gossipy enough. News vans camped outside the home at the height of the story. The Braddis family eventually sued the Woods family who had sold them the home for not disclosing on the letter they received before the sale was finalized. (laughs) Their case, however, was dismissed. Eventually, the police officially ruled out the Langford family as suspects without a reason why for the Braddis family. Police did find DNA belonging to a woman on one of the letters, but were never able to match it with anyone. Many people on the internet also became obsessed with the case, diving down rabbit holes or just telling the Braddises what they should have done. Many comments judged them for not moving in anyway, stating, I would never let some terrorist keep me from moving into my home. That's how I read those comments. Right. (laughs) Other people suspected the Braddis family was behind the whole thing, that they got two in over their head with the purchase and developed a story as an escape to resell it and get out of the contract. Another theory suggested that the Braddis family was gunning for a movie deal. However, when Lifetime released a movie called The Watcher that was very deliberately based on the family, the Braddises sent a cease and desist. Yikes. I was going to say earlier, the way that when we were talking about like the his perspective of like watching the house and stuff... Um, it sounds like I was going to say earlier and then I didn't that it sounds like someone who has lived in the house, like someone who is like intimately familiar with like the inside of the house, the way he talks about like each of the bedrooms and each of like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It sounds like someone who has spent significant time inside the house or maybe like spent time in the house, but didn't live in it, like was a neighbor and then. Like was friends with the people that lived in the house or something. They have and like sleep over there or something. Uh they did have lawn care, but it was like <clears throat> I'm pretty sure it was it wasn't like there was nothing to Okay, so no sort of workers. You no, and I think they like came with the Bradises. I think it was like people that the Bradises brought in. Okay. Also, this kind of I, I haven't seen I haven't seen the movie, but isn't there a Hitchcock film where like Somebody's like paralyzed and they're like watching the Rear neighbors. Window. What? Rear window. Yeah, like I don't know he what he has. He has a broken leg. He was a National Geographic or like a like a nature photographer. He broke his leg 
working and he was bored. And so he just started watching his neighbors and he figured out that his neighbor, like in the apartment across from his, was like a killer, right? Like killed his wife. Yeah. Yeah. It's real good. That's cool. Really that sounds good. cool. I want to watch that. So, You've like, never seen it? Sorry, I gave it away. No, I haven't no, seen okay. it, but like, what if this was like some like fanatic that was like, I don't know, kind of like living out like a version of that through this. It's interesting. Hitchcock is very inspiring. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so many things come from Hitchcock. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, people are afraid to shower in their homes alone because of Hitchcock. I Absolutely. have never done that. Yeah, he really... Basically psycho. Hitchcock definitely that. found like the things that people were scared of just in the everyday and like honed in on that. Kind of made it a big thing. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Wait, didn't Hitchcock do birds? He did the birds, did yeah. Birds, yeah. Full circle. <laughs> oh, no. Because the watcher is a bird. Sarah's right. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. All right, everybody. Sarah's the odd one now. <laughs> okay. The watcher is Sarah. <laughs> and Sarah's the watcher. Surprise. About two and a half years after the first letter, the Bradises had been outcast by their community all their neighbors had complained to the homeowners association that the watcher case was stigmatizing their neighborhood and bringing down property value. <laughs> Local newspaper articles ran headlines and stories quoting people off the street who suggested that the Bradises were making up the whole thing and that Maria didn't really care about her children since her <laughs> Facebook profile was public. They had been denied what? in many legal battles that would have lessened their financial loss. A few hundred thousand in the hole now for their own investigations plus renovations to the home. They had a renter who lived at 657 Boulevard nervously. Then, another letter. A letter to the renter? Uh, just a, No, a letter to the Bradises. Oh, okay. Another watcher letter. Violent winds and bitter cold. To the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife, Maria. Oh, wow. You wonder who the Watcher is? Turn around, idiots. Maybe you even spoke to me. One of the so-called neighbors who has no idea who the Watcher could be. Or maybe you do know and you're too scared to tell anyone. Good move. I walked by the news trucks when they took over my neighborhood and mocked me. I watched as you watched from the dark house in an attempt to find me. Telescopes and binoculars are wonderful inventions. Oh, 657 no. Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates. My soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T. They carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders. All hail the Watcher. Oh, no, 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 no. What? Don't be hailing anything. The letter continued with <laughs> no. a threat, oh. listing off the potential ways that the Watcher could bring physical harm to the family. Maybe a car accident. Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you feel sick day after day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loved ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. 
What? No. And that's why you got that private I, military up in your house. Yeah, this is nuts. I, I actually don't, I don't even know. I would say. already I be moving say. to Europe at also, this point. Also, what's really interesting is like throughout all of this, like all the other episodes we've done, like somebody is dead by now. Oh, there's no murder. There's this is our first case without a death. There's right? no so, murder. Yeah, like, <laughs> so why, upset. Yeah, why are you disappointed? No one died. Why am I even here? <laughs> See, that was louder. Yeah, wow. <laughs> she found a voice. Sorry. All right, so that was a really so, bad. Oh I know that gosh. was the first time you heard Sarah's voice in this whole, whole podcast. So <laughs> she's that, that's Sarah. She didn't introduce herself earlier because <laughs> you couldn't hear her. An odd one. <laughs> oh God. All right. Well, July. 2019. The Bradises finally sell the home. Oh, what? 657 Boulevard for $959,000. They had originally purchased it for $1.3 million. No Aww. reports of new watcher letters have been made, and the current owners are living there quietly, at least out of the eyes of the media. And that is the story of 657 Boulevard. Oh my God, they made it up. That's no. it. And the Watcher. No. That's it? That's, that's it. Did the Watcher buy it? There's no... They sold it in 2019 and that's... Oh my God, they made it up. That's it. It's it's not real. No, I was going to say it's all a conspiracy. Why? It's not real. It. That's crazy. They're, 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 they what made it up. It? Why? They're Why? right. They're because right. Because they, they, they move into this house that's been there sufficient for other families for years and immediately start doing renovations. They realize there's stuff that they can't get into that's like too expensive. It's going to be too much. They start making up a story. There's this watcher. There's blah, blah, blah. And what about the out. hundreds of thousands they drained in investigations? Right. And also, why would this, they do that? It like tanks their property value. But the, my defense is look at the letter. So handwriting is something that is unique very much so. It's very hard to were write. They hand- were they handwritten or were they, or they typed? They, typed? Um, they were typed. I believe they were all typed. Oh, no. They only had that one Suck unidentifiable uh, female DNA uh, that they got from one of the letters, and it did not match Maria Bradis. Right. No, 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 no. You said it didn't match anybody. Yeah, they don't know who that matches. And the thing is, with a lot of these DNA things, if you're just not in the system, it shows up as no match. Right, right. All I'm saying is that it didn't match Maria Bratis. Okay, but by default, it wasn't not necessarily her. Right, 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 right. I was just saying in in defense of them. Right. Personally, I don't think they did it. I mean, I don't necessarily think they did do it, but it's. I guess it's it's an entertaining thing to... uh, Entertained. I, I think it was. I think it was the Langfords. I think it yeah, was the, 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 the like, next door neighbors. The next door neighbors who were weird as fuck. Yeah. The police weird. even said that weird things that he said like match stuff in the letters. They just had no evidence. He said Three they were like a Boo Radley situation. People described them as a Boo Radley type, or, or, Bradley, or Michael yeah. Langford, like the son, the sixty-year-old yeah. guy, the guy who probably would have been the watcher. Um, they described him as a Boo Radley type. And I found it interesting because you said that covered porch was only really visible from... Like their house like and a few side. others. Yeah. 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 Mm, don't like that. Yeah. Um, the thing that you brought up where you were like, what if Derek's the watcher? Uh, at one point, uh, kind of during the height of things, neighbors started receiving watcher-esque letters 
defending the Braddis family. And uh, in an article where, like, the, the, the journalist sat down with Derek Braddis and, like, went through the case and all of his investigations and stuff with him, Derek admitted that he wrote those. He wrote, oh. he wrote the letters to the to the neighbors being like, <laughs> like, like defending the Braddis. Not scared. They weren't threats, but it was oh. just like, leave the Braddis family alone. Anonymous. Derek's like going yeah. off the yeah. deep end at this point. I mean, like, poor guy. He probably wasn't sleeping. Oh, yeah. His wife, his wife, yeah. his wife's therapist said, you have PTSD. Yeah. From something that's currently happening. Right. And they, <laughs> frankly, I don't care how smart you are. I don't know if you can fool yourself into a PTSD diagnosis. It, yeah. Yeah. And also, <laughs> if he, if Derek wrote those letters and the watcher letters, then he would have to be quite good at avoiding any sort of similar speech pattern. True. That's. It really kind of pisses me off that there's nothing more. Like you yep. don't have an answer, you don't have yep. a finale. No. Yep. They also said uh, I didn't. I didn't put this in the script, but they did describe all the like language of the letters, and you heard me read them as like kind of old timey. Like right. they, it was. It was like it, was it felt language. like it was written by someone of a different. Of this is yeah. generation. Like it happened in 2014. Uh, yeah, it sounds like whoever wrote the letters is older. Yeah, I Michael, you said. Hmm? Michael Michael Langford Michael is Langford. the is he the did. guy who they were like <laughs> like that you was their prime first, spot suspect, yep. but there's just no evidence. I definitely think that they they didn't write them. Like I think that they were victims in that, but at the same time, like I don't think they did. I I wasn't sure if you guys were going to know about this case because it was on a episode of BuzzFeed Unsolved, which oh, I, know I didn't know that is pretty popular. Uh, on BuzzFeed Unsolved, they don't dive super deep into it, and it kind of leaves the theory of the family doing it open. But with the research I did further of the family being like, we've like poured so much money into trying to find this person, so because they it's wanted to salvage the home so they could move in. They lost like six hundred thousand, like five hundred thousand dollars on the right. home. Right, but what if what if they were starting to discover something that was gonna, like, put them in a pit deeper than that? There's some. If these people are smart enough to have a one point three million dollar home, they can realize there are smarter ways to turn a house over. He was I mean, super yeah, high I, up. Just, <laughs> I, I guess I'm just playing devil's advocate. I guess. Right. No, and I I'll do that with you guys too. Like, <laughs> even if I agree with you, I'll play, play devil's advocate. Um, oh, I did. I did love that you guys jumped on the family. Did it though. I love that. I just, but yeah, we don't know. That, that really sucks. pisses me off. Yeah, that yeah. really sucks. <laughs> <sighs> I. And that's the end. Of I. It. Yep. It, it was the birds. It was the birds. <laughs> it was the birds. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah and, did it, everybody. And, and it was me, guys. I mean, sorry. I figured it out. Wait, <laughs> Sarah's the watcher. <laughs> See, like, it's the thing is, it's like. Since I don't know, I can really just say anything. Yeah, it was the birds. Yeah, it was the birds. <laughs> there was right. a llama. In you the heard it here first, folks. Uh, the Odd One podcast says the birds. It was the birds. It was the birds. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave us a five star review. That's a huge help toward allowing us to keep the podcast going and eventually make it a weekly show. And we very much appreciate your support. If you want to check out photos from this case, which is really just one, but I'll also include uh, links to my sources and everything, uh, check out the description. Check out the link in the description. Check out the link in the description if you want that. And until next time, I'm your host. Tanner as an arrow. The odd one out. <laughs>